right? <laughs> You're having a good time. You like talking to one another. This is a good thing. Say again, sister. Oh, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, during the week fellowship, Amen. praise God. All right, amen. Well, I welcome you again this morning, visitors and uh, regular attendees and everybody else who's here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to New Hope Chapel. I'm Pastor Monty, and uh, this morning we're going to be in Scripture. We're going to be in 1 Samuel 17. And uh, I think this was... Uh, preached on not too long ago, and the great thing about this uh, story, there are so many principles, there really are so many lessons here, as well as the history itself, but we're talking about uh, David, and we're talking about his journey to fight Goliath, uh, and uh, really excited to get into these scriptures this morning, and um, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go right to kind of the verses that pretty much set us where we're going to be, but I'll kind of describe what happened up until that point rather than read through every verse. Uh, So at this point, uh, here we find David, and this is going to be verse 32. That'll be the first one that I read. 1 Samuel 17, uh, verse 32. So David is before Saul. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Right? So here's David. He's getting ready to go in his mind now. He's going to go fight Goliath. We're going to move down to verse uh, 48 and 49. So it was when the Philistine arose and came uh, and drew near to meet David. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put in his hand in his bag and took out the stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. David, amazingly, defeats this Philistine warrior with a sling and a stone. And if you know the story, you know that David isn't this trained warrior. He didn't, he's in his youth. Goliath was trained as a warrior from his youth. David is just in his youth. It couldn't be more diametrically opposed. Goliath's about nine, ten feet tall. David is this young boy. But as we look at this story, there is an overarching theme here that I want you to consider today. If you take nothing, consider this. Now, this is a story of faithfulness. It's a story of faithfulness. If we begin reading from verse 1 through, you would see that here is David, the least of his brothers. Three of his brothers have gone off to battle. And David is left tending to the sheep and going to King Saul to play the lyre, to soothe his heart, to soothe his spirit. Uh, If you know the story, when David was anointed king, the same time the spirit of God had left Saul, Saul would not be king forever. And David had been anointed to be the one uh, who would lead Israel But though he was anointed, 
He didn't ascend to the throne right away and start making decrees and leading the people. He's anointed, but he's still a shepherd. He's anointed, but he's still playing the lyre for Saul. He's anointed, but he's still going to carry the grain, the bread, and the cheese to his brothers and to their commander. So I entitled this sermon, Claws, Paws, and Some Cheese. <laughs> Claws, Paws, and Some Cheese. It is an amazing story, uh, and many of you have heard it many times before. But faithfulness, again, is the overarching theme here. And I believe that uh, if you read in Galatians, right? Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, right? It's an element, something that God is working in us. He's doing something in us. Even when you're not looking, right? We're not paying attention. God is working something in us. And I think it's important to remember that sometimes we need to let God do his work in us. Amen. Right? Because we can fight it. Resist. Resist. Resist the devil and he will flee. Don't resist God. Let him. Come on in. Sometimes that's painful. We don't like that thought, but let him in. Let him get inside. Right? Surrender. We use that term surrender. Right? And, you know, as a Christian living a life of faith, it's not easy. Ah, not easy. Right? Trials, tribulations, they are a coming, whether you like them or not. And most of us don't like them. And they're coming. And we will face them over and over and over. You know, sometimes faith, sometimes God speaks to us, we're reading scripture, and it jumps out. You read the same scripture a hundred times, and for this one day, it speaks to your heart in a way. You're almost like, where did these extra 50 words come from? There aren't an extra 50 words. They're the same words. Speaking to your heart. It's penetrating. It's doing something to you. The pages didn't multiply. It's the same pages. Right, but it's doing something. Sometimes faith is a word. Maybe a brother or sister shares a word, you know, and you're just, God's speaking to me. Maybe it's a promise. You know, there are are, um, examples upon examples. Abraham, Sarah, right? Promises, they're not fulfilled right away. They're not fulfilled. There's a waiting period. And it's in that waiting period that God's going to work on that faithfulness in your heart. (laughs) He's going to work on it. We live in a world of instant gratification. Slogans, all of our advertisements, it's all at now, here, now, buy this, your way, my, boom, now, now, now. Oh, God doesn't seem to work always now, now. Sometimes he can. For the most part, my experience, maybe yours, God doesn't work now, 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 now. Sometimes there's a wait. And maybe that's just because God needs to finish that work in you that he begun. And so that you know that he's the one who did it. Yeah. So here we know that uh, David is anointed, right? He's being anointed by Samuel, ultimately God anointing him. But Samuel is used as the vessel. Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But it was then. It It was before 
he fights Goliath. It was before he ascends to the throne, but he's anointed. And there's that waiting period. Waiting periods are important. And the question is, what do you do during that period of waiting? Where is your heart? Where is your mind when you're in a period of waiting? Are you reaching for something to distract you? Or are you staying true to the Lord God? Sometimes you just have to go through that quiet period, or maybe it's a very loud period, and stand focused. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I'm staying true to your word. Lord, Lord, Lord. And I think, you know, all of us in this room, we, having faced different challenges and trials from young ages to older ages and raising families and all the battles that we face, you know what it's like when you're really afraid. Yeah, when you're really afraid. There's a real good battle ahead. There's a real giant a-coming. Yeah. And sometimes, I believe the enemy would try to discourage you in remaining faithful. The enemy would try to use one of those tools in his repertoire, in his arsenal, distract, discourage. You know, sometimes people get so fearful, they're more afraid of the battle than ever even fighting in it. They're more afraid of what it could be than actually getting into it. And you know what happens? You start, your mind starts going, you start building this thing up, this trial, something that's going to happen, you start building, it hasn't happened yet, but it's coming and it's built, and in your mind, and you render yourself combat ineffective. You're paralyzed by the fear. Our God is not a God of fear. Right? Amen. Right from the word. Our God is not a God of fear. If God be for us, who can be against us? Truth, brothers and sisters. That is truth. 2 Timothy 3.1 Times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Perilous times. Right? It's easy to be a Christian in the easy times. But when the perilous time comes, when the giants come, that's when the rubber meets the road. As I said, so sometimes this, this intimidation when this battles are coming or this giants are coming, there's this intimidation and you get paralyzed. You are struck down by your own fear and you haven't even gotten into the battle. And that's kind of what's happening, you know. Here's Goliath, right? He's standing. He's shouting out to the armies of Israel. They're so afraid they won't go out there and fight him. They're so afraid. And I think with good reason, right? I mean, he's... You know, like nine, ten feet tall. There isn't an NFL offensive lineman who's nine or ten feet tall. There isn't a basketball player in the NBA who's nine or ten feet tall. This is a monster, a giant, right? And it's interesting, if you read scripture, you'll know that this isn't the first time that the Israelites have faced giants. Before the Israelites moved into the land of Canaan, when Moses sent out the spies, they looked. And they saw giants, the descendants of Anak. And they didn't go into the land. Caleb said, we've got to go and take them. We've got to go out and take them. No, we're not going. They're too big. We're not going. They were in fear. 
An entire generation of people didn't move into the land of Canaan because they were in fear. But had they remembered that God was with them, they would have stormed right in. But they had forgotten. They had forgotten. And brothers and sisters today here, we're, I, I want to remind myself and everyone here, God is with us. Amen. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's be faithful to our God because he surely is faithful to us. Amen. Faithfulness, right? That's, that's kind of the theme here today. So I want you to think about this, right? So these brothers who are uh, of David, they're in fear as the rest of the Israelites are. Uh, And David, right, he's got a different attitude. But I want you to consider this. He's got a, he's got a, a phenomenal attitude with God. But he isn't going there to fight, right? David doesn't show up on the scene to fight. This is very important. David does not go out to say, I'm going to take down that giant. That's not why David's there. The reason that David's there is because he's carrying the cheese, the grain, and the loaves of bread to his brothers and their commander. That's why he's there. David has something that we all need to have, and that's an attitude. An attitude that is in the right way. An attitude which will equal effectiveness. God is with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm not going to let fear strike me down. I know everybody else is going and doing this thing, but I know that this is the path. The word tells me this is the path I'm supposed to be on. I know, my friends, I know, oh man, I'm getting sucked into all these, they're all doing all these drugs and all these things. I know I just got to stay on my path. Oh, man, I'm coming back after this hard week and the bottle's looking good to me. I just stop at that bar for a little bit before I go home. It's going to be okay. And I start, then it's every day stopping there. And then every day, attitude of God before me, who can be against me? Maybe you're there drinking because you're trying to bury some pain that's in your heart. You don't need to do that. I'm telling you, you can be free in Jesus Christ, free of that pain and let it go. Or maybe you're scheming and you're like, oh, I have all these things I'm going to do and no one knows what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep doing these things and I'm okay. Put it down. Put it down. Come back to the Lord. Come back to where you need to be. Come back. Stay close to him. An attitude equals effectiveness. The devil wants to make you combat ineffective. He wants to make you so afraid and so caught up in whatever it is, the booze and the drugs and everything else. Just stuck there, combat ineffective. You can't do anything. Or so afraid to get out of your own way. You cannot... That's not the life that God has for you, brothers and sisters. And I can talk, I don't, you may have been coming here for 50 years, and I can talk to you this way. You can still get caught in front of yourself as a person in your elder years and be caught in fear, but God brought you to this place and He's not going to leave you there. Amen? An attitude that equals effectiveness. All right, so David, he's got right, no military gear, he's not prepared for this fight, he doesn't have it with him. Saul wants to give him his armor. Can you imagine that? Saul wants to... The king, the ar- the king from the armor... Uh, the armor from the king. And his sword, oh my God, like, that would be so exciting, right? The king just gave me... Puts it on, it's too... Like, falls off. Right? You, like, can't walk. <laughs> right? Like, that would be exciting to have it! It's not going to do him any good. His attitude is actually more important than that armor. Let me tell you. More important... An attitude that equals effectiveness. So that's a, that's a point I want you to take from this. Another point I want you to take from this, this story and these events is this. That the giants, or a giant, will test our metal. 
Now, it's important to declare, not the strength of, you know, I'm just tough inside. I'm not talking about that metal. I'm talking about the metal of your relationship with God. Giants will test that. Giants will test that to see, are you going to rely on your own strength, which, if you're in fear, that's what you're doing. You're just caught in fear, falling down, running away. Or are you going to be tested the middle of that relationship with God, knowing that in the past, God has delivered me? Oh, he delivered me. Not once, twice, thrice, four. He's delivered me many times. God wants you to remember that he's done that. This story of David is incredible because David was faithful in the little things in his life. And God used him to do great and mighty things. Important lesson for us today. David is in the pasture taking care of the sheep, the least of the brothers. He's feeding his sheep. He's taking care of them. You can picture it. We've all seen pictures, right? Reading when I read uh, Bible stories to my son at night. You see the pictures of David. He's sitting, right? He's just hanging out. And then at some point, David is called to play the lyre for Saul. The call goes out. So now, David's still tending the sheep. And now he's called to the king and he plays the lyre to soothe his spirit. And then God is faithful because God sends this evil spirit off of the king for a while. When David's taking care of those sheep, he testifies that bears and lions have stolen sheep in their mouth and he has to go and smite them. Steals his sheep back. You're not taking my sheep. You're not taking them. I'm bringing them home. And then if they come and attack him, it says he struck them down, he killed them. I don't know about you. When you were a boy, did you ever strike down a bear or a little girl? How about a lion? Uh, yeah. David learned a lesson as a young boy. God is with him. And if God is with him, who could be against him? Surely not the lion. Surely not the bear. So when he goes, bringing his bread and cheese, and we'll get to that in a minute. He's got that in his memory of how God has been faithful to him. Right? So giants are going to test our metal. The metal, that relationship that we have with God. How is it? How's your relationship today? Do you have one? How is it? So here's this Goliath, and he's up on that hill. He's waiting for the one who's going to take him down. You come and fight me. If you defeat me, we will lay down and be your servant. But if I defeat you, all your people are mine. That's what he's saying. It's the most brash, arrogant, but in the same way, he's speaking truthfully. Yeah, you defeat me, okay, we'll go down. But if I defeat you, you're ours. He's laying it out. So giants, they're going to test our relationship with God. But something else about these giants, you know, they don't, oftentimes a giant isn't just the giant. There are other things related to the giant. They don't just represent themselves. There are other things attached. So when you fight one, there are other things that are connected. 
And sometimes, you know, when God, you see his hand in your life and he defeats one of these obstacles, he defeats one of these challenges, he helps you to overcome whatever this particular thing is, other things seem to just fall in line. You put God first in your heart and in your mind. You start operating with the Lord God. There is one God under heaven. You start putting him in your mind. The Jews wearing the phylacteries on their head, right? You're keeping that right here. You keep God. Is he close to your mind? Is he close to your heart? I love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Is he, is he that important to you that you don't forget him? Other things begin to fall in line if the giant's struck down by God. You see things in your life when you are faithful, even in one small way, and all these other things just start adding up. Amen. Right? They start coming together. I want you to go back and think about David. Here's David. He's the shepherd, and he's taking care of these sheep. And I said that that bear, that lion comes along and they grab that sheep and he runs right over them. He will not take him. Boom, he hits them. They let go. He's running back. They come, they're trying to bite him. They're trying to devour him. And he smites the thing and kills it. Take that, lion. And then the bear comes. Same thing. He grabs, can you imagine a, a grizzly bear carrying off a sheep? And David's running after this thing and he hits it and he smotes it, smites it. Proper smite, smote, smitten. Okay. So he takes that thing down. It tries to bite him. He kills that thing too. David was faithful unto the sheep and God was faithful preserving their lives and his. David's called to be with Saul to play the lyre. He goes with his instrument. He's going to the king's... You think if... You think that maybe David, had he played a wrong note, maybe he would have upset the king. Maybe, he, maybe Saul wasn't in his right mind. Maybe he played something and, and Saul didn't like it. And maybe he took vengeance, which we're going to see. Saul does come after David. But maybe he would have done something right then and there. Right? He, he had courage. He went in and he played. I will obey you, Lord. I'll play. And he plays. And Saul is soothed. David was faithful playing his instrument, the lyre. And God was faithful to remove that evil spirit from Saul for that time. Mm. So when David makes his way to the hill, now he's got his cheese and his grain and the loaves of bread. His father told him to bring it to his brothers, to provide it for his brothers who were on the front line and the commander. Take that, feed them. David says, yes, Father, I will go. David takes that grain, he takes that food, he goes out, he brings it to his brothers, and how does his brother react? What are you doing here? You only wanted to come up here, prideful, because you wanted to see the battle. You wanted to see it. You had that bloodlust in your heart. You just want to see that combat. I know. David, what are you talking about? I brought the food. I'm here. David doesn't say, I brought the food for you. I'm here feeding you and you're treating me like this, but he brings the food because he was faithful to his father. Mm. So David is faithful to his father by bringing the food to his brothers, to the commander. And God is faithful to David 
Oh, he doesn't just feed David. No, he's going to give David a much bigger task. Not only am I going to bring you and stand before this giant Goliath, you're going to defeat him. And you're not going to do it with the weapons of war that all these other warriors on the battlefield have uh, been arrayed with. I'm going to strike that giant down. And David stands up. He tells, he starts saying, I'll do that. Saul's like, you can't do that. Yes, I can do that. And ultimately, it is David who goes and strikes down the giant as the story is told. That Goliath would defy the army of God, that Goliath would stand and, uh, in his arrogant way. And David, being the faithful shepherd, instrumentalist, food carrier, water boy, if you will, goes out into the battlefield and he's the one that God chooses to strike down the giant. David learned, and you can write this down, that faithfulness is God's path for advancement. Faithfulness. I know there are brothers in this room who were without work for a long time. And they stand true to God and searching the scripture and just knowing and being faithful. And say, you know, I just know God will provide for my needs. And God did. Amen. And that, there are many. There are many here. And so I, I'm just, I'm encouraged. I'm excited for you. And I, I hope you're encouraged this day. When I said when you came that Jesus is the answer to all things, yes, God really is. But this faithfulness, this idea of being faithful to God in the small things, when Jesus tells the parable in Matthew, the parable of the talents, for the one who invested wisely, he says, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. There's a lesson there. Be faithful unto the small things. So brothers and sisters, if you're in this room and there are things that you have to do on a daily basis, I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a teacher. Well, both. Um, I don't know where it is, your job, your home life. There are little things that you're responsible for that you have to do. And I'm, I'm encouraging you today to be faithful unto those little things. Because in the eyes of God, they're not so little. That the proving ground of faithfulness is with those little things. Raising children is hard. And so if you're a mother in this room and you feel, boy, there are other things I want to do, but all my attention is taken by those children and I love them, I would never treat them for anything in the world, but I feel like I'm consumed. I wake up, it's Groundhog Day, I do the same thing over. I change diapers, I feed them, there's crying, I go back to bed, I do it over and over and I want to encourage you. Hallelujah. God has called you to that amazing responsibility. Yeah, that's right. Amazing responsibility. We're all here. Right? We were all born. And so a mother had us. So I want to encourage you, if, that's, if you just feel so consumed, be faithful unto a few things. God will make you rule over many things. God sees your hard work. If you're in the workplace and you've got a terrible boss and you're being beaten down every day, keep being faithful. Keep showing him. Whatever the hand finds to do, do it with all thy might and do it as unto the Lord. The old King James. Be faithful unto those things. Be faithful. Be faithful. When you're working for your boss, you're actually working for God. Remember that in your heart. When you're working on your schoolwork, you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for God. 
when you're sweeping floors, when you're washing dishes, when you're going into fourth district court, be faithful unto a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things. It doesn't matter what it is that we do. God sees it. God sees it. And the giant that's coming down the road, I'm telling you, by being faithful in these small things, and you remember God got me through this. God delivered me through this challenge. He got me over this obstacle. When you face that Goliath, and he will be 10 feet tall, and he will be a scary circumstance, and you know that's how it's going to be, and you do get afraid, I'm telling you to remember in your heart that God delivered you before, and he'll do it again. If God be for us, who can be against us? You said it. Amen? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You are a God of faithfulness. Oh, Lord, may we reflect that faithfulness. Help us to be faithful, oh God. Help us, oh Lord. Lord, we know that our life is filled with challenges, some bigger, some smaller. Lord, help us to be true to you, to your word. Help us to remember, Lord, that we have the most amazing advocate in you, Lord that you are there for us. Oh, Lord. Where there are mountains that need to be moved, I pray right now for brothers and sisters in this room that they would call upon you and ask you to move those mountains. Where there are oceans that need to be split, I pray right now, Lord, you would hear my brothers and sisters that you would split those oceans. And for people in this room who just need strength to get through today, to make it through tomorrow, Lord, I pray you hear them. It doesn't have to be an ocean or a mountain just today. So, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for visitors. Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Salvation is only found in you, Jesus. We lift up your name this day. We believe it's true. We want to boldly take that out into our community and into our world. We love you, Jesus. Bless everyone in this room. In Jesus' precious name, amen.